Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. And he misses. Horn's got to go. Two seconds on the clock. Last second heave. <laughs> Which one was that? Which game was that, Brian? That was UCF and Tulsa. Was that for the dance or just a game? Uh, it's, I think they have another game right okay. there. But, uh, Tulsa. Conference tournament season is here. It's yeah. a fun time. Uh, I think it was a buzzer beater beat number one South Carolina on the women's side in the tourney. And they've got ACC, SEC tournaments coming up. Uh, March Madness is here. Less than a week away from the brackets coming out. By, by the, way, the way, Murray State confirmed in the, in the tournament. So did they so win know. the? Oh yeah, OVC. It's over. It yeah, is. they're in. I mean, everybody left the OVC anyway. Do they even have to play anymore? Right. Any, yeah, or do no, they just take on, an automatic yeah, bid? Let, 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 let me get in for a second. They, they still had to play Morehead State. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Pretty solid team. Yeah, pretty good. So what's Providence doing? You all right? <laughs> Providence would be a three right? seed, baby. You all right? I'd be on the you three good? line. You, you, you good though? I feel good about them. Okay. A lot, a lot of overtime games for the Providence Friars <laughs> now. I know. I know. I do think they're a shade overrated. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Sure. But I'll take them against Morehead State. Oh, what about? Oh, I'm not I sure hope. they can handle I the defense of the Big better, East. I'm not sure. You know, where, we play physical in the Big East. Where, where, where'd you guys be in? Do you know what, what bracket? Like what side? Uh, I don't think. It, I don't know well, if that matters. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't. It, we'll, we'll see. They yeah, can, yeah. I think they're going to be a, on the three line, depending on how they do in the Big East tourney. Um, but you're not going to put them in the West, is what I'm saying. Like they're going to be in the East. They try to keep so it the, geographically yeah. reasonable. But remember, like Duke, did you see they they actually requested to be in like the Midwest in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Shishevsky. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Where I'm just at. saying, you better hope Murray State doesn't find themselves with We're, Providence. Well, but. It, so is Murray State going to be like a 14 seed? Let's bump them up a little bit. Because <laughs> that's going to be like, a, like or 14 to play Providence. They're ranked, I think. <laughs> in the opening round, at least. Oh, I mean, they're going to win the first no, game. We'll see the second round. It's not going to be a 14, man. Yeah, I'm going to be like a six. I don't know about that seven. either. I don't know. But so maybe in the second round. Yeah. Maybe it's to get to the Sweet 16. It's Providence against Murray State. <sighs> I like that. That'd be high stakes. Uh, right now on CBS, they're projected as an eight seed. All right. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have to play Providence until later on. They're okay. going to have to, if Hopefully. they're going to be an eight seed, if that's where they end up, they're going to have to be number one seed. Okay. Good luck with that. Not worried about it. <laughs> Glad to hear, though, about Murray State. Thank that's you. good. Thank you. Um, 2015, UNF Ospreys went to the uh, dance. And, and by the way, speaking of Providence, Noah Horkler, former UNF Osprey, is um, on the Providence Friars, Friars and helping them out. Let's bring in UNF Athletic Director Nick Morrow right now, and we say hello to him. Hope you had a good weekend, man. Plenty of sports going on in the spring, and it's, well, 50 hours of giving going on at uh, UNF. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, sir. We've, uh, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the University of North Florida. So 50th birthday, us and Disney kind of side by side on celebrating <laughs> the 50th. And uh, so we're doing a 50-hour giving challenge, actually a little bit more than 50 hours, but it's uh, our typical giving day. But they're calling it the UNF Giving Challenge right now, and it's uh, started this morning. And so we're, uh, and you can tell, I mean, you can support anything across uh, the entire university. Um, but we're obviously focusing on athletics, and it's givingday.unf.edu, trying to raise some scholarships, raising money for individual teams. Uh, should be a fun, fun three days. Yeah, we've, you do this annually in some respect. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the money gets or where it's going and, and how valuable this like three-day window now is for what you guys do and try to accomplish. Yeah, we're focusing this year um, as a development staff on scholarships. So 
just some some stats. So we last year we spent three million dollars on scholarships uh, with UNF. We, wow. You know, 233 out of our 300 student-athletes received scholarships um, to be fully funded. So if we were to fully fund all 19 of our teams at UNF, we would hand out 161.2 scholarships. Last year, we hit an all-time high of 115.6 scholarships. So you can see the gap that exists for us to truly be fully funded. Uh, so you're going to see us over the next you know, several years really focus on increasing our scholarship funding. That's instantly how you become more competitive. You're more competitive on the recruiting trail. You're providing your student-athletes with a better experience. They're coming out of college debt-free. Uh, there's just a lot of benefits investing in scholarships. And so our goal within the next five years is to be handing out $4 million on the scholarships annually. That allows us to be fully funded. That allows us to take care of every single student-athlete who exhausts their eligibility but may not have graduated yet, make sure they get their degree. And then also it just increases the summer school opportunities we can provide. Nick Morrow, Athletic Director at the University of North Florida, with us on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. I think you just said something really interesting. And I've been covering sports for a long time, and I guess I just always assume. Now, I, I've known this because I've talked to you and been around a little bit more, but I, I didn't know this probably until a few years ago, that I just assumed that, hey, if you give out 11 baseball scholarships or if you have uh, 12 basketball scholarships and you have – 20 lacrosse scholarship, whatever it is. Uh, you know, you, you add all those up, and every school uses those scholarships. Well, that's not the case. Like, you just said yeah. it. To fully fund, I think you said 161 is the number. And so you're trying to close that gap to get to that point, to have enough dollars in the bank to be able to award all those scholarships and maximize the amount that the NCAA allows, right? Absolutely. I mean, women's soccer is a great example. So you can hand out 14 scholarships in women's soccer. Right now, we're funded to where we hand out less than 10 scholarships. It's kind of hard to compete on a year-in and year-in basis, year-in year-out basis, if you're you're not funding your your program at a at a higher level. So obviously, Coach Faulkner has done a tremendous job and has made the team competitive. And so that having, I mean, he's competitive right now with that scholarship funding. What could he be if we got him fully funded? Yeah, you know, and you could look across the board at a lot of our different sports. Um, you know, and if we really beach volleyball is ranked 18th in the country right now. They have um, they have less than two scholarships to hand out out of a possible six. So again, with our facility that we have, if we fully funded scholarship-wise too, like we could be um, at, you know nationally relevant year in and year out and in the sport of beach volleyball too. There's a lot of sports that have that potential. I don't know if you can answer this or not and if it changes, but how much is a fully funded scholarship at UNF? So in states around seventeen thousand, and in out of state scholarships around thirty two thousand. Okay. You know, so there's a there's a pretty big difference, and so if uh, you know, uh, there's some waiver opportunities, there's Florida Bright futures we can tap into. So coaches really do have to be creative when they're out there recruiting, and they can make their dollars go a little bit further. Because if you recruit, you know, somebody from the state of Florida with Bright futures, that doesn't count against your 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 um, countable eight. Yeah. So then all of a sudden your dollar goes a little bit further. So, you know, coaching and uh, recruiting, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, those that can figure it out can be pretty successful. Yeah. And uh, Nick Morrow with us, uh, UNF Athletic Director. It's uh, really a 50-hour challenge for UNF. You can probably um, find a link to it. Give us the website again in a moment, but unfospreys.com. Yeah. You can always get a lot of information. And, and give us the giving website once again. Yeah, it's givingday.unf.edu, givingday.unf.edu. All of our social media sites are blasting information on all the time the next three days. You really need to go on there and watch our scholarship video on one of our student-on-student student athletes, Gabby O'Connell. It really shows the impact a scholarship can have on somebody's experience. 
Um, you know, I know some scholarship athletes, I'm sure you can stick to it too. I mean, it's, it's just so impactful uh, when we're able to provide those opportunities to student-athletes. Oh, without a doubt, man. I mean, it's it's everything. You know, I, I always say being a student-athlete, it's, it's a full-time job in itself. And if you can kind of ease that burden a little bit, you know, and, you know, get some financial support via scholarship, uh, it means the world. Yeah, and on top of that now, yeah, you ask more of the athlete than ever before, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and, and not just you, but, I mean, in general, we all do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's literally year-round now. Uh, a lot of them keep staying on campus over the summers, too. And so, to Austin's point, you don't have time to go out and get a little side job to pay bills. You know, and that's why when the NCAA did vote in cost of attendance, that was a great move. Game image likeness, where it's kind of getting out of control in certain areas, is a good move because it helps them supplement. You know, and so anytime we can close that gap on what they owe to go to school and what we can provide from a scholarship, uh, that's a big win for us. Yeah, and these are massive uh, days for, you know, universities everywhere, but University of North Florida, I, I mean, you guys are trying to obviously put a lot of money behind facilities. That's obviously a big recruiting tool, but um, like you're saying, in this specific aspect trying to maximize as many scholarships make everybody as competitive as possible because then that leads to success which leads to momentum which leads to more people being interested so it's a big time domino effect there isn't there a hundred percent and that's why you're going to hear me talk a lot about facilities and scholarships because i think that'll translate into being more competitive um, that's going to translate into the community buying in because everyone wants to invest in success. They want to be around winners. So if we can produce a winning product, that's just going to drive it more and more. And the city population in the city of Jacksonville is not getting any smaller. <laughs> so more and more people are looking for, uh, you know, things to do. And, and, you know, we're the we're the Division One public institution in town, you know. And so being able to attract them and put on a good show, uh, I just think there's, there's incredible opportunity that's coming for UNF. Nick Morrow with us, athletic director at the University of North Florida. One, if you're sharing this anniversary, by the way, of 50 years with uh, Disney, I think you should ask them for a check. <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, secondly, can somebody do this? And just again, this is so theoretically speaking. Can somebody say uh, the beach volleyball example you gave? Can they say, "Hey, I want to uh, let's do the math quick. Uh, put seventy-five thousand dollar donation. I want it to go to uh, beach volleyball scholarships." Can you do that, or does it go into a major fund? Um, I've learned since I took over the development role a couple years ago, you never turn around, turn away a check. So um, <laughs> I'm, I, if somebody wants to put 75000 in a specific sport and scholarship, I am not going to say no, that's for sure. Um, you know, unrestricted scholarship funds obviously allow flexibility as taking care of our greatest need. But, you know, we, we, have, we want people to support what they're passionate about. So even if scholarships isn't it for you and you just want to support basketball program, golf, tennis, beach, volleyball, whatever it is, all those opportunities exist on that givingday.unf.edu. I, uh, I I may have heard too. You got a little inner competition between sports trying to. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that always happens, right? <laughs> well, I mean, competition. So my playing days are long over. You know, so this is a way for us to compete because we're as an athletic department keep competing against the other colleges within the university. But then we've even incentivized our own coaches. So we're going to do some matching gifts out of the Osprey Club annual fund for the team that uh, has the most donors and the team that raises the most money. Awesome. Uh, good stuff, man. Well, I know you got a busy couple of days. Good luck with it. It's a, it's a big deal and uh, helps Osprey Athletics, of course, um, uh, get the W column a little bit more in the championship season as well. Givingday.unf.edu uh, through Wednesday. Nick Morrow, good luck with it, man. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Austin. You guys have a good day.
You too. Thanks, man. Uh, that is Nick Morrow, Athletic Director at the University of North Florida. Uh, so givingday.unf.edu, and you can follow along at all the sports uh, at the University of North Florida, unfospreys.com. I always find that interesting, like what he said. I mean, you have six scholarships available that you can use, but only two are used right now, or not even two. Yeah. That's, uh, you got to fund it. And by the way, the Ospreys did something very cool. Remember when we had them on about the pandemic? When you had holdovers getting a year back? Yes. They actually, they honored those scholarships. You know, schools had to come oh, up with wow. extra money yeah, yeah, yeah. for the kids that were staying around for an extra year that could have graduated, but they got an extra year of eligibility back. Yeah. And so the Ospreys found a way to do that. And I think probably some other schools did too. But I remember the Nick telling us that story that nice they were going to honor that um, as well. So it's even been a challenging time from that standpoint for athletic departments through the pandemic for a lot of different reasons because things got canceled um, and uh, the landscape has kind of changed in the way athletics have operated with the transfer portal, but also because uh, more scholarship dollars were used than in the past. Uh, So again, givingday.unf.edu help the Ospreys out uh, for the next few days, a 50-hour challenge uh, through Wednesday. Brent Martin, no, Austin Lane. Brian Middleton, listen, I'd like to get off the Calvin Ridley story, but there's new information that continues to come out. And to me, it's a fascinating story. Yes. Uh, all the national guys now are saying Calvin Ridley did bet on the Falcons. Okay. And uh, the NFL Network was the first to report it. But he bet on the Falcons. Does that change anything in your mind? And by the way, one other note, Calvin Ridley has since tweeted in the last little bit and said, I don't have a gambling problem. I bet $1,500. <laughs> so, I mean, so think about this now. $1,500 has cost Calvin Ridley $11 million over the next year. Uh, yeah. I, I, if you're just jumping in on this, Calvin Ridley suspended by the NFL in the last half hour for betting over what they say is a five-day stretch in 2021 in November and now the NFL Network has come out and said one of the bets or a bet was made on the Falcons. But here's the, here's the catch is he wasn't playing. He was actually not even on the roster mm-hmm. or active roster uh, or maybe even in the building. He was away from the team. And so it's really interesting to me that he got suspended for a year at least, by the way. This is an indefinite suspension. So it's a serious deal by Roger Goodell in the NFL to issue this penalty to Calvin Ridley. But he was already away from the team due to a personal situation. Um, I think I think it was acknowledged it was mental health, mm-hmm. uh, things that he was working on. And so now you get he's going to lose another year. Which, by the way, should also, if a guy's dealing with some mental health issues, I'd be a little concerned on that front, too, how something like this impacts him. Uh, going forward in his career, but obviously they're making a an example out of Calvin Ridley. But there's a lot of different things here. One, do you agree that a, a year suspension? I think it's a little lengthy. I think if you had told me that he was suspended for six games and fined a half a million dollars, I'd have been like, wow, that's pretty wild that, that he did that. Okay, I get it. That makes sense. A year's time for a guy who really wasn't even on the team. Techni- I mean, he technically was, but he kind of wasn't. Yeah. Like, this seems like a lot. The Shaw example that you brought up uh, from Arizona a couple years back, he was on IR at the time. But, see, you can be on IR and be in the building. 
Like, Correct. like that's a little different. I feel like, and I don't know the exact circumstances for the Ridley deal, but I feel like he wasn't even like associated with the team for a bit last year. I felt like he was just kind of taking care of himself and in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, but I might be wrong on that. He might have been checking into the building. And if he placed a bet on the Falcons, I'm not saying he shouldn't be penalized. But it he, just feels a little weird to be penalized to the extent that he is. But according so Schefter says that NFL determined that Calvin Ridley placed multi-legged parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons wow. to win. Hey, eight, hey, eight, eight game parlay. 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 Eight game See, I, I, I guess I don't understand it, and just my opinion, but I think it's stupid because, once again, I think if he was, like, playing fantasy football or, like, DFS, I think you have a better shot of, of cheating in that than you do of saying your team's going to win or lose when you're at home on the couch. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if you have inside information saying, okay, I, I think a prop bet, uh, I don't know, I think whatever, Cordell Patterson's going to have a big day today because I talked to some, you know, like, maybe, but you're betting them to win? Like, I'm, hey. You said this, okay? I, I think you said two interesting things. Yeah. And, and I, I think you might have said it in a commercial break, but I'm going to bring it up live. <laughs> Please do. Just how, without the language. Uh, yeah. How many other players or coaches are betting on the NFL? Yeah. It, is that a bigger but he, like? See, here's what I don't. It says it in the bylaws now that you should that you can't. But like, it does yeah. say it. It but does say. It. I don't get Brent. Fantasy football is so big. And you know players, like, I'm not breaking any news here. There's players in the league that are playing fantasy football. Yeah, but you so can, the, I guess you can play with no money exchanged. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, hey, then why are you playing, you know, what, for pride? Come on. Like, what? Do you, do you think, I, I want to take the fantasy football aside for a moment, okay? okay. Because I, I think there might be two different things, or I don't know. I'll read the I'll read the rule book in a moment Please when do. we come back. Yeah. But let's just let's just say gambling as we know it, like point spreads, parlays, those kind of things. More than Calvin Ridley is doing that. Like you can't you can't tell me that out of however many people in the league, coaches, players there are, yeah. that on a Thursday night game on Thanksgiving Day, yeah. somebody ain't throwing down a thousand dollars on on of course. A team. Now, now it's you just can't get really because he got busted. Yes. Now, how that came to be, I'm, hopefully we find I mean, out. People are probably using steroids, too, and you're not yeah. allowed to. Yeah, right? So, sure. I mean, people break rules. Yeah. I do think it's fascinating how they found out. Like, I would love to know the backstory of how they found out. Yeah. I mean, if that's all he bet, $1,500, like, well, who it ratted him it was on? A, it, was a, it was on a cell phone, though, he said. Uh, that's what the reporter's saying. He did it on a cell phone. That's what uh, I think Ridley said. Okay. It's on a cell phone. So, how's, so like, that's like draft. Like, one of like, the, the big betting websites snitched on him? Must have. Must have. Well, then, in that case, g- give me the website so I can, you know, I'm not going to support that one. All right, I do have another question about the f- is there a difference between this and fantasy football? And I, you brought up a, uh, you brought up another example, and I want to go through. It's it's is the NFL does the NFL need to make a better it's, delineation yeah, here? It's such a hypocrisy. It, that's, it's, it's only going to make me upset. Is it, yeah, does the NFL need to change its ways a little Get bit? Get the dump button this? ready, Brian. I'm going to swear. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I thought it was immature, and for a guy who didn't play the entire season for the Atlanta Falcons. 
these these kind of mistakes you, you just don't make because you know the ins and outs. You know the do's and don'ts. There, there's a guy by the name of Pete Rose who is not in the Hall of Fame because of situations like this. Mm. That's the one person you would probably even need to That's all you need to know about when it comes to betting on a sport that you're playing professionally. But when it comes to Calvin Ridley, listen, unbelievable talent on the football field can beat you with short, intermediate, deep threat, the whole nine. But decisions like this derail careers. And a guy who's so talented, you just don't want to see him make mistakes like this. And I got something, Chris. How the hell do you get fired on your day off? <laughs> That's from Friday. <laughs> Good movie. Man. Who was that? That's a Harry Douglas. Oh, that was Douglas. Harry Douglas? Like the wide receiver? Former wide receiver, Harry Douglas? Yeah. Yep. Former Falcon. He's on ESPN or what is, where's he at? Yeah. ESPN. Cool. cool. Brian Martin, nope. Austin Lane, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz will be back with us on Wednesday. Appreciate Brian uh, checking in over the last week while Casey got married on Sunday. He'll be back. Uh, middle of the week. Of course, we'll be at the Players' Championship all week. Come on by, say hello. We'll actually be there Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, I'll be over at the Yards for uh, Paul Tesori, um, his event, uh, the Tesori Family Foundation event on Wednesday. So uh, we'll be out at that as well. But on the road quite a bit uh, over the last couple of weeks and again coming up in the next couple of weeks. The big story in sports is Calvin Ridley. It raises a lot of different questions. Uh, I mean, and does it raise more questions about Calvin Ridley or the NFL? The NFL. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Does, uh, you know, so the other part of this that I wanted to get to that you had said is, like, the fantasy football stuff. Like, where's the fine line? Is that a gray area, or is that included in, like, the bylaws under gambling? Because daily fantasy stuff... Um, I'm going to give you some piece of information here in a little bit about how they found out about Ridley. And so maybe that would be the case with FanDuel and DraftKings and others as well. But it is a pretty interesting situation. Like you brought up to me in the commercial break that Gardner Minshew, not to bring Gardner into it, but Gardner yeah. Minshew had that. Remember when he did the endorsement for, I think it was Bud Light. Yeah. And they were going to give like Bud Light away to, you know, free for a year or something like that if. What was it? Like Minshew was drafted number one overall? So you, you get a free case of beer if you had Minshew in the draft. I think you got like a, a year's worth of beer if you drafted him number one overall or, so, or like in the first round or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So your point is like, okay, that's a gambling thing, right? Fantasy football is now a gambling outfit. Yeah. It, it always has been, but it's now really is. And, and people acknowledge that it is. It, it's, it's no longer like under the radar. How and many so NFL, how can yeah. NFL players, like, endorse that? How many NFL players talk to Matthew Barry, like, on the fantasy football show? They always call in and talk to him about fantasy football. Listen, I know for a fact we used to do – we did a fantasy football segment back, like, uh, when you were playing – Mike Tom, you played with Mike Thomas, right? I did, yeah. And yeah, Mike yeah. Thomas did, like, a daily – like, a weekly fantasy football thing with us. Yeah. It really was kind of – it was an effort on our part to try to have some fun with it. It failed kind of miserably. Oh, Not okay. really on Mike Thomas' part. Mike, sounds like you're, no, it wasn't his fault. Mike Thomas. It was just like a bad idea like okay. on our like, – it was a it was a good concept. Sure. Try Sometimes you try and it works, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't. Well, thanks for the invite. It kind of fizzled. Thanks for the yeah, invite. It would have probably been better with you. That's all good. Um, but anyway, I remember doing like I said, like each week in the locker room we would ask him. Yeah. Like about fantasy football. And so I'm not sure like unless you know you're exchanging money – Listen, we did a fantasy football league and there was no money exchanged on the radio. True. You know, so you can't assume that. I mean, I do assume 
that most of the times there's, there's money exchanged. Mm -hmm. But, like, I guess you can give advice and talk about it and all that stuff and promote it without promoting gambling. But, man, that's just a fine line, and that's where I'm getting at. It's like, this: does the NFL have to delineate a little more between what's right, what's wrong? We're, they have See, to fill in the gray at, area here. Yeah, I think there is some gray because I, I look at it like this. Gambling is legal in some states, just like marijuana, cannabis, is legal in some states. And medical, you know, it's, it's starting to grow now as well. What did the NFL do with, you know, medical marijuana? What, what would they do with cannabis? They said, okay, yeah, we were probably a little too hard on you guys for that. There is benefits for it. So, you know what, let's go ahead and, and kind of, in terms of urine testing and testing for the street drugs of, of cannabis, we're, we're just going to wash that off the books, right? So you can go ahead and smoke if you want to, smoke them if you got them. We don't care anymore. Okay, great. Well, with gambling, like, yeah, there, there, there's no benefit to gambling, obviously. I mean, it gives you a rush or whatever you want to say. But, um... It's the thing where it's it's starting to become more legalized, and everyone's taking part in it. Now, I think like if you're if you're gambling against the team that you're on or the team, you know, then that that's where the, the line's got to be drawn right there. You can't do that, right? Because then now you're affecting the game. Yeah. But I think if we're talking about DFS, if we're talking about you know bets of other teams, I'm not sure I really see an issue with that. Then. Well, listen, I am not trying to hear. I'm not here to try to tell you that Calvin Ridley was in the right. No, but okay. I think a full season is a little... I just think draft. the penalty is... I think it's kind of crazy, given mm. the situation he was in. I really do. Like, I, I'm not... Again, I'm not telling you you did the right thing. It says in the bylaws you can't gamble. He gambled. This wasn't even a, a muddied-up fantasy football thing. This mm. was a, like, $1,500 worth of bets, according to him. Three mm. different bets. He bet on the Falcons now to win, but he still bet on the Falcons. I'm just telling you that I think like a year at least, by the way, it might even be more than a year, I can't imagine it will be, is while it's a message and a strong one from the league, I think it's a little crazy and maybe even hypocritical given the league's relationships with gambling outfits and really how they've embraced gambling in general. Yeah. Now, uh, Robert Kemp Jr. shared a couple of tweets with us, and this really does help out, so I appreciate it, Robert. Uh, Mike Garofalo from NFL Network said the NFL made it clear they'd be able to work with their gambling partners to gather information on potential violations by players and team employees. That's how Calvin Ridley was caught. So that makes sense. Yeah. So they said, hey, listen, you guys have to flag this down. We do not want our employees and players and coaches betting. And you can't do it. I mean, that's no different than if you worked at some financial outfit that had inside information. You're not allowed to do it, right? You're not allowed to go lay hundred thousand dollars on something that you know is about to happen correct like and so in that regard that's not that different than other other walks of life lindsey jones then says the bets were placed through the hard rock sports back sports book app the activity was flagged and reported by genius sports the firm that handles sports betting data and info for the nfl so in reality the nfl's kind of what they put in place around betting mm -hmm in regards to their own people betting on it, actually worked. It yeah. was red flagged, and it flagged Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, in one way, you applaud the NFL for putting the parameters in place and for that system working. And that would probably discourage others when we asked about well, of course, our other players scary. and coaches and everything else. Yeah. And this will really discourage others. So, like, if they're doing it right now, there's players and coaches in the league that are like, 
Better have a cousin I, with a different name I was or say, something. I hope I put my email down. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Like seriously, like you know, that's probably happening. Yeah. Uh, if they did do anything, so again, my problem with this is a it, it is the penalty. I think it's pretty dang steep. Yeah. And sometimes you know what? That's the price you pay when you get caught, especially you're a big name. And this stuff is is maybe prevalent. Maybe the NFL even feels like this is going on, and we're gonna stop. We're gonna send a message here. We don't want this going on. Yeah. The integrity of the game is at stake. It's bigger than one player. It's bigger than everybody right now. It's the shield. It's all this stuff. Um, but I do think the NFL might have to look at how they, they their jurisdiction of or messaging, and maybe they got to continue it. You know because. I feel like it was a pretty innocent move by Ridley. Yeah. You know? I really do. I, I feel like I was bored. I mean, what, what, <laughs> what, 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 what do you want to do? When you had Atlanta playing in Jacksonville, of course you put somebody down in Atlanta. I, 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 I mean, can you blame the guy? Max bet that bad boy. You know what I'm saying? Was that the game? No. I, I, I mean, it, it might have been. I, it was close hey, to that time. hope it was. Actually, it might have been. If it was November. <laughs> you think so? I, didn't they play Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, they played yeah, Thanksgiving well, weekend. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, let, let me look this up quick. <laughs> like it says, it's November. Yeah. Now November no, obviously has more. November than 28th, they played the Falcons. <laughs> Might have been on that game. Down. Yeah. And by the way, you probably won. Them. Don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that part of 21 the parlay? Well, yeah, that part. I mean, you had eight <laughs> teams there. Yeah. <laughs> the eight team parlay was tough. <sighs> Living on the edge there. I I I get I. I really do in this instance, I feel a little bit for Ridley here. I don't think, l- listen, we can all go back to the Pete Rose stuff. And again, he's the most, it's the most prevalent story when it comes to gambling and in, in like the history of sports. Mm-hmm. But he had like, like he did that day after day, like a lot. Like it wasn't like a one-time thing. This feels at least, and maybe there's more to it, but this feels a little bit more like a one-time-ish type thing. Now, I'm Dude not saying he just than, did it one time, yeah, but yeah. if you've done it once, you've probably done it more than once. But it just didn't feel like there's a lot of malicious intent. Like he even said, he tweeted today, like, I don't have a gambling problem. I just yeah. put money on this. Yeah. And um, it feels like a pretty steep penalty for Calvin Ridley, quite frankly. Yeah. And it uh, takes a receiver off the market, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's bad for Jag For By the way, that's all we needed here. This is what really would happen. It's like the Jags trade for Calvin Ridley like a month ago, and then he gets suspended for it. Just the optics like, keep coming in. Like, go figure. Like, that would happen. Yeah, I know. Give like a second rounder for him and stuff, and yeah. Um, so, uh, what a wild story. I was unexpected today. I asked you this before, but I want to hear it again. Do you think anything else becomes of this, or is this the last we hear about a player? Like, you think there's more people out there? Well, I, I think what I just said to you is probably true. I think the NFL probably knows, listen, the NFL, you can't be naive. If one player has done this, then more players have done it. Yeah. I really think the way the book reads, that personnel, um, just plus like employees in general. Yeah. Like it could be the video guy. Mm-hmm. You tell me like there's a video guy like in an NFL team that doesn't bet on games? Come on. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. Even if, again, who reads the handbook all the time? Or you, you might have read it three years ago. And it's, again, it's such a common thing now. And so, listen, it used to be taboo for us on radio 10 years ago to even mention a line. In TV, mention a line over under. Mm-hmm. Like, that was not long ago, folks. And so 
this is the world these younger people that are in the league now, from players to coaches to to people who work in the league, grow up in where it's like, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't even feel like they're doing anything wrong. Like, I think there's a level of innocence to to what they did wrong. Like, that can happen sometimes, and I can see that happening with people around the NFL. But I wonder if the NFL said, hey, we can't have this happen. Like, this is not good. This is a danger zone, and we have to make an example. So, to your point, I think this is probably a bigger issue. And I think the NFL just had everybody checking their phones and receipts and and, and everything. And like, oh, boy, yeah, am I next? So, it might have been a shot fired by the NFL and the commissioner to everybody else around the league. Like, stop it if you're doing it. And I wouldn't be surprised if NFL buildings, this becomes a pronounced messaging over the next few months. Yep. You know how you got you said like there'll be NFL officials out and make trips in the building or rookie symposiums or hey, this is going to be now on the one of those example pages of make sure you're not betting on sports on football. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you bring up a good point. Now that he's suspended, can oh, yeah. he bet this year? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you're, you're going to have some time. Can you, can can you try to get what that? Do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want? I can't play. Can I, I, I at least gamble now? I got to try to get my $11 million back. Yeah, for sure. Careful, Calvin. <laughs> Careful. That doesn't work. Oh, man. Oh, boy. More of a back action sports checks on ESPN 690. Par is a pretty good score on every hole out here that I can really think of never upset with a par and I thought today after the yesterday when I thought they'd take it a little bit easier on the golf course but the setup was harder today than it was yesterday which surprised me a little bit so I kind of went into today into today thinking I need to shoot maybe a couple under and you know it turns out even was good enough and I mean it's the way the greens are making putts out here is so hard there's not a lot of friction on the greens and with the way the wind is blowing any little bit of a gust has such an extreme effect on the golf ball Uh, it's, it's so difficult I'm assuming that's Scotty Scheffler. It is. Winner of the Arnold Palmer Invitational somehow. I mean, he did not really play great tee to green, uh, yet he was able to win and hold off uh, Billy Horschel and some others in tough conditions. I was out at the Players' Championship today. TPC Sawgrass for a bit. It was howling already. Now, it's a beautiful day, but the wind. I always can tell what the conditions are like and how bad it is mm-hmm. by the fountain at TPC Sawgrass. Like, in between the... Uh, it's like the 18th and 9th greens and the, the chipping area, practice area. There's a big fountain in the middle there um, behind the clubhouse. And, like, how far sideways is the fountain? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is the mist reaching, like, the putting green area yeah, yeah. Or, or chipping area? Yeah. Well, it was getting close today. Okay. And I've seen it like that before now. It, it's... It can really howl out there, and even that was in May. So March, it can really get ugly. The weather's going to be a big factor this week. Looks like Thursday could be a washout. Friday's still lingering. Saturday's kind of hit and miss. But Saturday and Sunday gets a little chilly. Sunday mm-hmm. should be sunny. But and we're talking like lows in the 40s. So for some of those, if they play, if they need to play more golf on the weekend, which means they're going to play earlier in the morning, even on the weekends, not just when the leaders go off. Um, man, it could be chilly. We could get a little bit of everything, and that's kind of what March is. Although I'm not sure we're going to get like 85 and sunny at all when yeah. they start playing. That, that's like right now. Yeah, that's so what I feel right now. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch the weather um, and and how it impacts 
And if the wind is already blowing here early this week with the good stuff, I can't imagine when the bad stuff rolls in. Mm-hmm. Could be some uh, miserable golfing conditions. Do you like that, by the way? Like, I know you don't watch golf front to back, but, like, the U.S. Open is known for being really hard, okay? So, like, winning score sometimes is right around even par. Sure. Then you go to the Masters or a tournament, even, like, the players is usually around 13, 14 under. You go to the Masters now, you can get up closer to shoot 20 under mm-hmm. sometimes uh, in, in these last, in recent years. The Arnold Palmer yesterday and over the weekend played really hard. The winner was five under par. And, like, Ty was watching, and he's like, man, I, he's just, like, laughing at it because guys are messing up left and right. But it kind of – I think we like that as golf fans. That's – like, if I was going to sit down and and watch uh, an entire golf event, I'm watching one that it is difficult, where, where guys are messing up a little bit. Because to me, then it kind of shows you like your mental makeup of you know what what you can do. I mean, you know, if everyone's getting birdies and and you know, e- I don't, eagles. I don't, that's kind of common. Sometimes you know, <laughs> eagles. Sometimes albatrosses. <laughs> no, but if people are getting birdies nonstop, and it's like a super easy course. I think that's kind of boring. I, I think it's. I have a lot more fun watching like you know if, if the greens are like it's hard to read and like there's wind blowing else and you hit a nice shot in the green the, the ball rolls down like off the the rock or something like that and then the water like I enjoy that because then I get to see like the players' responses and like how frustrated they get. Yeah, that's I, that's enjoyable to me. I, I yeah I think it is. I think it's a little NASCAR-ish. Yeah, I mean it was literally I. I almost threw a party when Sergio Garcia that one year had like a six or seven, whatever it was, on, on 17 at the players. Oh, yeah, he hit it in a couple yeah. times. Yeah. And actually, I remember one year. Now, see, the, the players complained a few years back before they redid the greens. They had kind of lost the greens. And I remember on the fifth hole, I think I saw Sergio five putt. Okay. It was either four putt or five putt. But, I mean, it wasn't from far. But, like, they were so... Yeah. I mean, it was it was really difficult. I just, um, I just remember 17 where he kind of choked yeah, a little bit. And and I was yeah. Well, and we've had those. Like, 17 creates that even on a good day sometimes. Sure. Where guys can hit it in the water two, three times. Mm-hmm. And so that is the beauty of 17. That's the fun of it. I'm telling you, today, I was thinking this. Today, if it was like a tournament day, it was windy enough. I was out there at like 12, 31 o'clock. 17 would have been a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and so I think it could have been pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe we get that. Mm-hmm. You know, the conditions could certainly uh, dictate that. This players is really different in one respect. Tiger hasn't played a lot lately. You know, over the last 10 years, he's been in and out. Phil Mickelson over the big events has played. This, this is the first players championship I saw without Phil and Tiger since 1994. Phil Dang. or Tiger. Yeah, Phil yeah, or Tiger. yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, think about that. It's wild. It's like 30 years. Yeah. And then I gave you this stat, and this, I was stealing this from Justin Ray from the uh, Golf Channel. He said 10 of the top 12 in the world right now weren't born when Phil Mickelson won his first tournament. That was 1991. <laughs> yeah, you told me that. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, so, it's going to be a pretty, I think it's going to be an interesting week, a very different week at uh, the Players' Championship. Here at TPC Sawgrass. Obviously, back to March, uh, back to, like, reality in terms of the crowds. How much will the weather alter some of that? Uh, I can tell you this. If, if Make sure you bring a sweatshirt out there. Now, we were out there Friday. Yep. It was beautiful. It was in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, it, it, yeah, by the 5 o'clock, it That's got a little chilly. chilly. So, yeah. 
make sure you, you bring a sweatshirt. Also, in the middle of all this this week, Tiger Woods goes into the Hall of Fame. How bizarre is that from a that a player that currently is playing, and golf does this, by the way, Tiger's not like the first that's okay. happened, okay. that they go into the Hall of Fame and are currently still playing. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's very bizarre. Are, are they that hard up for names or what? Um, I don't think so. I don't think that's part of it. I think there are plenty. um, You know, I don't really have a good thought on it. I don't know why they do it like that. I think once your Hall of Fame career, your Hall of Fame career, he's not, like I said, he's not the first one to do that. Um, And so instead of wait, well, I think a big reason why in golf is that you could play until like when, like, you know, in football, they say, hey, it's five years after you're you're done, right? Baseball, there's like a waiting period. In uh, actually, it's baseball that they do five years after, or is it football? No, it is football. And but in golf, like you could still be playing when you're 65 years old. You can play a tournament. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but like you know, I think everyone kind of has like the decision where they're going to take like full time. They're going to take it. They're going to walk away from yeah, yeah. from the PGA Tour. That's when it should be. I but feel does like, it, but I it does it feel it kind of feels okay for Tiger right now because I don't, I'm not sure how much it, is he gonna play more. I mean I guess but like that's the thing. You are trying to put a uh, an exclamation point or a stamp on a career and you I mean we hope that he still has some left in the tank. Like we don't know. But like to me personally I enjoy Hall of Fame ceremonies when it's you're in totality. When it's like you know that what you were before of that schedule and what you did that's that's done. You know, I think with Tiger Woods, who I think he wants to come back and play some more, to me, I think it would mean more of when he says, hey, I'm going to walk away from the game at least full time. And then, okay, great. Hall of Fame celebration. Let's do this. It just feels weird right now. Yeah. The other thing is, it's interesting. In golf, we're golf Hall of Fame's right in St. Augustine. And yet the actual induction part is kind of a closed off thing. It doesn't feel like baseball where they have the lawn and everybody's out there. Um, now, they've tried a variety of different ways, but... Obviously, with Tony Baselli going in, you know, and what that's going to feel like, and everybody's going to go up there. I mean, hey, it's Tiger Woods going into the Hall of Fame. It's a pretty big deal this week. Tiger's still going to be a part of uh, the Players' Championship. He's going to be in Ponte Vedra. Uh, but it doesn't feel like I don't know if you feel the, the World Golf Hall of Fame in that respect. Speaking of, uh, Mark Brunel's going to introduce Solid. Tony Baselli. Who's got more pressure on him in the speech, Brunel or Baselli? Oh, wow. Good question. Whew. Uh, I mean, it's almost got to be Baselli just because you're, you're shutting the tempo now for the Jaguars. Right? Yeah, like you're, you're kind of carrying first, the flag a little bit there. You're carrying the flag. You're like, Brunel, you know, you just, you know, I mean, it's pretty much easy because what do you got to do? Just talk about Tony Baselli. You play with him for how long? That's you, true. You know him in and out. Like, that's that part's easy. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, Baselli's got to deliver. Baselli got to deliver. And he is. He's kind of like carrying the flag yeah. of Jacksonville yep. and the Jaguars. Yep. Yeah, pressure's on you, Basile. Yep, there it is. A little surprised. I didn't know Brunel would be the guy. I thought, I thought maybe it Coughlin. would be Coughlin. Me too. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, See what absolutely. happens. Of course, and it's a noontime induction, by the way. Tickets go on sale on Friday uh, for induction ceremony. Well, when, you get, when you get elected to the Jacksonville Media Hall of Fame, we're going to have <laughs> induct you. Um uh, don't I, I don't want to by the way. I don't want yeah. to do this. Okay. I'd, that'd be the only Hall of Fame I'll probably get into. So is there a Jacksonville Media? Probably Hall of Fame? not, but I'll start it. <laughs> well, there is like in the press box. There's like the. Yeah, I the think wall. they took those down. Oh, they really? Yeah, they took those down. 
So I think oh, maybe, man, I'll, for real? maybe I'll start a Hall of Fame just what, so what I, I I'm surrounded by then? Hall of Famers. You, staff. So that's the reason why I want to be on the show is get my name the plaque one day. Forget yeah. that. Yeah. All right, well. I don't think there's one. I'm going over. Maybe I should start it. <laughs> we'll be back. Football at 5. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.